0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Michael Rothstein filling in for the guys today. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike Rothstein. You can give me a follow at Amber W. Sport. Chris Carlin. He normally hosts this show, and we missed him so much, even though he was filling in for Greeny earlier today, that we begged him to come and make an appearance on his own show. Carlin has graced us with his presence. And Carlin, first of all, thanks so much for doing so. I want to get into something that Canty just said in that rejoin, though, because he essentially knocked Zach Wilson for not rooting for Mike White to have a three-passing touchdown kind of day. And I'm just curious, how much are you rooting for me and Michael right now to do so much better than you have ever done on this show because Canty thinks you're not a good teammate unless you're actually rooting for that apparently. I was
0: hoping to get this call in the midst of the show actually being on fire. Like if that was actually <laughs> of possible. Course. Of yes. course. I want flames, I want destruction i want it proven that nobody could ever possibly do this but us (laughs) give it an hour
1: (laughs) that's human nature though right i mean i think we man we are piling on zach wilson it is easy to do and i understand he's been bad carlin and there's things that we can pick apart and there's a one word one syllable answer in a press conference we can talk about ad nauseum fine but this expectation that he's gonna be rooting. For Mike White to go out and have the kind of game that he had last game? Like, nobody's doing that. Come on in that uh, situation. Okay.
0: Okay. But here's my here would be my point about it. You can fake it. Like, you can totally fake it. You don't have to look miserable on the sideline. You need to put on an act. I, you know, I, I know it's awesome when somebody goes back to their high school career and draws a parallel to what's going on. But I'm going to do that for a second because I was labeled like my senior year out of nowhere. Like I was a bad guy. Like I was not, you know, team first. And so I got benched at the beginning of the year in baseball. And what did I do? I'm I'm up clapping every last second I can. And my coach is like, wow, you've grown. And I, I hadn't grown at all. I was completely faking it. I was a terrible guy. I was as bad as it got. And I was not rooting for the guy who took my spot. But my point is, if you're Zach Wilson, you don't. You know, it's raining. You look over on the sideline and you just look like, you know, deputy down. I think you can just do a better job of faking it.
2: I guess, Carlin. I mean, do you want to go womp womp? Or like, I mean, but in all seriousness, when you look at it, I don't know. I'm in NFL locker rooms every day. And inauthentic- inauthenticity is the first thing that is picked out, and you lose guys that way if you're not authentic. I don't know if I had a problem with this because you're asking for a guy to be like, "Hey, you took my job. Go team!" Like, yeah. like you want a competitor who's like, maybe not saying, "Oh man, I can't believe this guy did that," but I don't want that guy to to do that. I the people I compete against on the Falcons, be Carlin. I don't want them to break every story i'm not going to cheer for them for that like it just seems, no, it, i don't know it feels just, disingenuous there
0: i get that i i get that i think it's not that hard to find a middle ground where you don't look like you're miserable and screw this and you guys you know i'm taking my ball and going home and jumping up and down and and patting a guy on the back and hugging him and all that stuff i think there is somewhere in between where you look like you are at least acknowledging that you have to accept your medicine
1: well i certainly think that he is taking his medicine right now that's for sure after that performance from mike white things get a lot harder from Mike White here on out, we will see how that pans out. Chris Carlin, he normally hosts this show, Canty and Carlin. He was filling in for Greeny earlier today. He is hoping that Amber Wilson and Michael Rothstein fail, uh, epically failed miserably. today. F- miserably. Miserably yes. fail. Working on it. Right. Yeah, so we're, so we're going to do our best here. But I wanted to ask you a question that we had posed earlier in the show. If I gave you the choice between the Chiefs, Eagles, and Bills on one hand to win the Super Bowl or the field, who would you go with?
0: you know i'm taking the chiefs eagles or bills and um we saw this earlier today we didn't talk about it on the air I, I think this is really interesting because i still think they're the three best teams at the beginning of the year i thought it was i i had picked eagles and uh and bills in the super bowl the chiefs are clearly the best team in football the only team that would make me think twice about it is the 49ers with their defense that that's it for the moment. That's the only team I look at and I say I really legitimately see a good run coming out of them uh to win the whole thing. But other than that, and I and I think it would be I also root for chaos, and I think it would be hysterical to see a guy who at the beginning of training camp was basically banished from the 49ers complex to then be the quarterback of the team uh leading them to a Super Bowl championship. So uh, I would root for that a little bit, but I would I would absolutely take those three teams because I do think they are far and away the best.
2: Well, that was what I also had selected. But if we're going to talk about chaos theory here, Carlin, how did you not bring up that the NFC South winner just completely make a run out of this too? Because that team <laughs> could very well be 7-10 and 10 or 8-9. and nine. One thing I do want to hit on with you is – this as we're talking about kind of scuffling in locker rooms and things not going on so well kyler murray's teammates do at least his former ones do not seem to like him all that much particularly patrick peterson how do you feel like kyler murray deals with this at this point
0: well clearly not well based on his response um but listen i'm sure he feels like he's getting hammered from all angles right now the problem is He brought this all on himself. And I think the Cardinals brought this all on themselves. They, first of all, gave the coach and the GM extensions, which just made no sense to me whatsoever. Then they took uh, Kyler Murray, who complained the day after their season ended with a playoff loss, and the first thing he's talking about is his contract, and acting as if it was uh, just remarkably absurd that, that he had to be talking about it when it, 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 I'm sure it would have been addressed anyway. Then the Cardinals went and gave him, um, the money. So, uh, Bart has a great saying and it's, uh, 100% true. Money only makes you more of what you already are. And it feels like that's what's going on right now with Kyler Murray, that he is, um, a guy that demands a, a lot of, uh, Is he high maintenance? It feels like Kyler Murray's a little high maintenance. That's what it feels like to me.
1: Speaking of high maintenance, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Chris Carlin, uh, he said (laughs) that, sure, you can bench me, essentially. uh, Just make sure that we're not in contention if you do it, right? So he's certainly dictating when he feels like starting, when he doesn't feel like starting. What are your thoughts on that? We are talking about the back-to-back reigning right now MVP, even though this season's been ugly.
0: I I think it's a couple of things. Number one... um, I think it's better for Aaron to get healthy, and I'm not sure why it's so important. Talk about, like, being a phony with what you say. Like, if you listen to what he said on McAfee the other day, he's talking about how important it is to, this is what football players do, and, you know, come on. It was so over the top with what he was saying, and I'm very much of the opinion that Aaron uh, should sit down not just for the Packers to figure out what the situation is with uh, Jordan Love, so whether or not they're going to trade Jordan Love or actually try to trade Aaron, Aaron should get healthy. And Aaron, I, if he really actually wants to win and go, and and play next year, I would argue his best chance is not in Green Bay. I, I would argue it's someplace else with a team that is going to need a quarterback that could have a pretty good defense and, and could go from there. I, I don't think it's going to be in green bay next year and um he may want it to be but again talk about high maintenance and you know sending one message and then delivering another it's just it's it's so just exhaust i can't imagine what what is it, is it Rob Domoski who's on the, the Packers yep. beat? Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to be exhausting, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that's just... Yeah. Oh, that's no. got to be... And entertaining all at the same time. Yeah. No shortage of material, I would imagine, for the yes. beat writers. Yeah. On the Packers beat, coming from Aaron Rodgers. But it's an interesting scenario. We'll see. I wonder what the market would be out there for a guy who makes, you know, over 50 per, don't forget, and who now appears to have issues with injuries and up there in age. But again, reigning mvp chris carlin normally he hosts this show today he was hosting greenie thanks so much for stopping by
0: congratulations amber excited oh, for the new show
1: thank you carlin. it's gonna be I really awesome i appreciate that i appreciate yep. that thank you Excellent. uh yes thank you uh if you want to know what carlin was talking about there you can check out my twitter at amberw sports. you can also tweet to him at mike rostein coming up next here on canteen carlin how does a key injury impact the college football playoff let's get into some college ball that's next this is espn radio Wilson and Michael Rossi filling in for the guys here on Kanti and Carlin. You can always join the conversation. News from Kanti and Carlin Nation. All you have to do is you hit us up on the Doctor Pepper Colin line 888 ESPN 888-729-3776. So Michael, let's talk some college football because it is championship weekend. So if you love some college ball, this weekend is for you. Tomorrow night, things will get started with the Pac-12 championship. That game is going to be on our airwaves as 6th-ranked USC takes on 14th-ranked Utah. That is an 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Fox, but coverage will begin right here on ESPN Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern. Are you fired up for this one? USC wins and they're in, Michael.
2: They do. I actually think this is the one that can still cause the most Chaos in terms of the college football playoff, whether that's Ohio State or potentially even Alabama, although it'd probably be Ohio State over Alabama at this point, and it's solely because I think USC is already the team with one loss. They did lose to Utah earlier this year, and Utah's a pretty darn good football team. Like that's not knocking Kansas State, that's not knocking Purdue, that's not knocking LSU, right? But I think Utah has shown they can beat USC. And while Caleb Williams may very well be in New York next week as the Heisman Trophy winner, there are flaws on this Trojans roster, particularly defensively, as it is within most of the Pac-12, Amber. So I think Utah's got a real chance. I do think USC wins, but I think Utah's going to make this uncomfortable, we'll go with that, for the Trojans.
1: Well, yeah, they've already made it uncomfortable once. Of course, this is the opportunity for the Trojans to get their revenge on a team that did beat them, but beat them by the slimmest of margins. You know, when you're talking about, obviously, further into the season, you can have your game plan ready for it. I do think the Trojans get this thing done here, but you certainly cannot overlook Utah. I just can't imagine that the Trojans are going to be caught overlooking Utah, right? Like, all they have to do is take care of business here, and we know that we're talking college football playoffs for this USC team. What a remarkable job that's been done there by Lincoln Riley. Let's move on to some of the other championships, though, throughout Saturday. The Big 12 championship, where 12th-ranked Kansas State will take on an undefeated, 4th-ranked TCU. That one is going to come our way at noon Eastern on ABC. That is also on our airwaves right here on ESPN Radio. This is a big one, TCU. The committee may have wanted to overlook them at points. All of us might have wanted to overlook the horn Frogs at points. You can't overlook them anymore, particularly if they stay undefeated, Michael.
2: No, and that's the thing, right? If TCU wins this game, they are very, very clearly in, and they are very clearly no worse than, I think, the number three seed. If Michigan or Georgia loses, maybe they can even push themselves up to number two. They lose – I think they'd have to lose – Definitively. Like, we're talking Kansas State goes in and beats them 35 10. And then maybe you have the conversation if you're the committee. Maybe. I still don't think it would be a very long conversation. I still don't think it would be a very worthwhile conversation. So,
1: you think TCU is basically in no matter what? I mean, I think it would have to be real.
2: Like, Amber, honestly, I I think it would have to be a really big blowout. Like, if Kansas State goes in and rolls them, right? Like, they say they roll them. Like, say it's 49-7, say TCU loses a couple of key players, then maybe it's a different conversation. But if it's a close game, even if they lose, how can you... I don't understand how you could really pull them back because they have to play in the extra game. I know that's been the argument with the college football playoff for time immemorial since this thing has started. Even back in the BCS days, you'd have these conversations. But I, I just... I feel like TCU has done enough to say, yeah should be invited to the party now of course this party may end up being having to go to Atlanta to play Georgia and that's more of you know a Debbie Downer party than anything else that's maybe I I, I don't even know what type of party that would be just a sad one because it's not going to end well for TCU if that happens but I think they at least deserve to be invited to the party unless they get steamrolled, Amber. You, you don't agree?
1: I, well, I think the argument would be that if we're talking about like a one-loss Ohio State, Michigan's a better team, right, than Kansas State. So if Kansas State rolls and TCU loses in that way, then you're talking about a one-loss TCU team that lost to a worse team than that Ohio State team, right? That's the argument. Now, the flip side argument would be you're punishing TCU for making a championship, Which is, like you said, the problem we have every year with the way that the college football playoffs are currently slated and the way these rankings work, because you are in danger then, if you're a team, of making it to a championship. It is this weird thing. It is why even a two-loss Alabama team is technically still alive in this thing, even though it seems pretty inconceivable. That problem's not going to get fixed until the college football playoff expansion, which now the Rose Bowl says they're in, looks like that's going to come our way in 2024. So that'll help alleviate this championship problem. So I understand the theory that TCU shouldn't be punished for making a championship game. I just think they would be, frankly, if they got blown out here by Kansas State.
2: Yeah, that's possible. And it's it's actually interesting. I've seen this argument on the greatest thing on earth, as we all call it, which is Twitter, the bird app, that what if teams decided to sit out the championship game? Like, say Michigan decided, you know what? You're gonna sit out the championship game because you're already in the college football playoff. Because you see it with players, obviously, when you're talking about sitting out bowl games. Now, this is an argument that I think can hold any water, but the fact that like people are coming up with this on Twitter, A, makes me laugh. And B, you do think about it, though, and you're like, you know, maybe there's a point. I can't ever see it happening, Amber, but... But you can see the logic for a team like TCU specifically of saying, you know, maybe we're going we're gonna to let the second and third place teams play for, the, for this because we want to go play for a national championship.
1: Right, and we're undefeated, and why are we bothering with this? Well, TCU, it makes sense. They're playing a 10th-ranked team. With Michigan, since you just mentioned them, it wouldn't maybe make sense to sit this one out because people would say, how are you scared of Purdue, right? Why are you scared of an unranked Purdue, the Big Ten championship, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox on Saturday. Any chance Michigan gets caught sleeping in this one?
2: No because they have that big drum that they play at Purdue and that will wake them up in case that happens in the Good first point. quarter. I, I, no, there's no chance. Listen, Blake Corum, he's got he has a knee injury. He's not playing mm-hmm. in this game. We we don't know if he'll be out for the season or not. We'll see there, but uh, they showed against Ohio State. They're way more than Blake Corum offensively. Donovan Edwards is legitimate. Donovan Edwards is a guy that is probably making himself a little bit of money here as he goes. Because he can play, he can run, and that will, I think, offset some of that injury of Blake Corum. But Michigan's a really talented team. They're a good defense, they're a good offense, they're balanced. I'm not really concerned with Purdue if I'm the Wolverines. Obviously, you're concerned about them because if you lose, what happens? But to me, I'm like, okay, I should win this game if I am Michigan. Like, I should win this game going away.
1: Oh, certainly. They should win that game. Two more quickly here. SEC Championship, 14th-ranked LSU, number one-ranked Georgia, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Any concerns here for Georgia?
2: Maybe a little bit. I mean, listen, LSU, yeah, they lost to Texas A&M, but I think some of that, too, could have just been they got caught looking ahead to Georgia, and that would not shock me. I think LSU is going to maybe make this competitive. I do still think Georgia wins this game, Amber, but I think they are making it I think it ends up being a 10-point game somewhere in that range, which for Georgia this season is <laughs> That's saying close.
1: something, right? Yeah. That's I mean, George, listen,
2: Georgia Tech Georgia Tech was up at halftime, and mm-hmm. there were people celebrating like Georgia had lost. I mean, that, I that's where we're at with this Georgia team this year, Amber. I, they're they're so team. good. But I will tell you this. If it ends up being Michigan and Georgia in the national title game, I think Michigan's got a real shot because they are Ooh. way better than the Michigan team we saw last year, even though they had a couple of high-level defensive players in Aiden Hutchinson and David Jabba who are now in the NFL. I just like the the way this team is playing, this Michigan team is playing, a lot better than I do a year ago.
1: That is all very interesting. Uh, Canty and Carlin is brought to you by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. So it was nice to talk a little college ball here with you. My whoop whoop Michael. But coming up next, we go to Vegas to find out how to bet these college championship games. We're going to get some help with it. This is ESPN Radio.
3: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base.
2: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine.
0: Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Amber Wilson and Michael Rothstein filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at ESPN Radio, at Amber W Sports, at Mike Rothstein. All right, let's try to make you some money, honey, because everybody likes money, especially Tyler Fulgham. He is ESPN's sports betting host, host of the Daily Wager as well. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. We got a big one tonight, a divisional rival tonight. In Thursday night football, when the Buffalo Bills take on the New England Patriots, the Bills, of course, competing for the top of that division. The Patriots more like competing for the bottom of that division. But what do you like tonight in terms of betting?
4: Yeah, uh, Amber, first and foremost, it's kind of surprising. We have seen some sharp money early in the week on the New England Patriots, um, which when you think of these two teams in a vacuum, you know, the Bills are obviously the better, more talented team. But money has been on the Patriots as they host the Bills in this matchup. Um, that's driven the uh, number down to uh, Bills, just a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. So I'm leaning towards the Patriots following that money. This would be the third game away from Buffalo for the Bills. Remember, they're supposed to play at home, but had to go to Detroit because of the snowstorm. Then played on Thursday, Thanksgiving, back in Detroit against the Lions, and now travel to New England to take on uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Because that money is coming in on the Patriots and the underdog, that tells me the market's expecting it to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. The total is 43-and-a-half. So it is a lower total, but if the Patriots are going to keep this close, they can't win a shootout with Mac Jones against Josh Allen. They have to limit the offensive ceiling of the Buffalo Bills and keep them around 20, 21 points, something like that at the most. Um, so I-, I lean the Patriots, but I really like the total to go under. The Bills, despite having the second-highest-scoring offense in the NFL this season, eight of their 11 games have gone under the total this year, Amber, including all six games they have played on the road. So that's a trend that um, maybe the market is correcting for with a number of 43-and-a-half, but I'm going to play one more time here because I think it's a good spot for the Patriots to keep this a slugfest.
2: Well, Tyler, I kind of want to out a couple things with the Bills there. How much of the maybe movement on the Patriots is due to the fact that the Bills – struggled a little bit in their game against the lions on thanksgiving and there are still some questions about josh allen's arm and and the health of that elbow how much does that play into maybe some some of the money coming in on the patriots
4: yeah i think that plays in a little bit um i'm not as concerned about josh allen's arm as others may be i mean play against the jets immediately after he originally hurt his ucl he uncorked a ball 70 yards down the field to gabe davis and it Gabe davis in the face mask and he dropped it so uh, he's shown me that even if he's dealing with pain it's not affecting the efficacy of his arm so um i think more importantly for the sharp money they're looking at the situational spot that i mentioned the bills third road game away from buffalo um in 12 days uh, they're Von Miller. We just heard put on IR. That's their top pass rusher and edge um, a perimeter player, a guy who was brought in to win them a Super Bowl uh, this off season. Um, and then you look at the uh, Buffalo uh, or their defense, pardon me, their defense has kind of stumbled a little bit now before Von Miller got hurt the last couple of weeks. We've seen some of these teams like Cleveland and Detroit put some yards up and put some points against them. So um, I think that is what the market and the sharps are reacting to more so the situational spot, and perhaps some cracks in that defense uh, for Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier.
1: Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports betting host, host of the Daily Wager, joining us here on And Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys. All right, Tyler, so earlier in the show we posed a question. Would you take the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles to win a Super Bowl, or would you take the field? From a betting perspective, where do you stand?
4: Oof. That's a really tough question. Um, I'd
1: probably
4: lean towards taking the Bills, Chiefs, or Eagles. I do think um, I think the Eagles are the second best team in the NFC. I actually think if all teams play their A game, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Despite having Jimmy Garoppolo, who I do not think is a good quarterback, um, I think the best team overall. 1-53 on the roster, coaching, skiing, all of that I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think then it's a tie pretty much between the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles just slightly behind them by a percentage point. In the AFC, I do think the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, uh, doing what he's doing, proving without Kyrie Hill, he's still the best offensive quarterback in the game and Andy Reid designing that offense um, or the Bills. Those are the two top teams in the AFC. In um, the AFC, we think is the stronger conference. So I would probably lean towards thinking the value is in the Bills, Chiefs, or Eagles because those are three of probably the top four teams in the National Football League in my
2: eyes. So, Tyler, I want to take you from football to football, but obviously (laughs) not. Different football. What we call soccer everywhere else in the world calls football. The United States plays in the Netherlands on Saturday on Tuesday, we saw the majority of the. US put their money on the United States when they played Iran. How should the casual better approach this game, a round of 16 knockout game for, between the United States and the Netherlands?
4: Good question. And I'm no soccer um, honk or honcho, but I am enjoying you know rooting for the red, white, and blue. the team is young, which is exciting, and maybe the most talented and skilled we've seen ever. Uh, for the Americans in our lifetime. Netherlands is a much more classically dominant um, country on the pitch, but guys like my buddy Chris Bear Felica and Dallin Cuff, who we talked to here on Daily Wager uh, throughout the, this World Cup, do think that the Americans have a chance. Uh, the Bear, his favorite play early in the week is liking a 0-0 draw after 90 minutes, and the Americans have the ability to control the football in the middle of the field, um, but they've had trouble – Can bring uh, those into scoring chances and putting the ball in the back of the net. We saw the Christian Pulisic goal, obviously, and if that hadn't happened, it would have been a nil-nil draw against Iran. So um, I know Dallin is a little more bullish on the Americans. He thinks they actually can pull it off and maybe win the game 1-0. I I would probably play that uh, total then under – um, for 90 minutes or that 90 minute draw and then see what happens in stoppage time or penalty kicks if it gets to that. But um, I do think the Americans have a fighting chance. I just think you may be a little um, ambitious um, and maybe you have your red, white, and blue blinders on if you are trying to bet the Americans on the money line. Not that that's a crazy bet because the price is good for sure. I think it's plus 350, something like that. But um, I, I think if you're looking for value, There may be other ways to attack, like a 0-0 draw or the total going under um, one and a half goals, something like that, um, in regulation.
1: Well, Tyler, you certainly sounded like a soccer aficionado then, (laughs) so you you had me fooled there. Thank you to the
4: Bear and Dallin. So I just (laughs) pretty much copied their homework and sold it as my own here.
1: Uh, Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports betting host. You can check him out on the Daily Wager. Tyler, thanks for stopping by. No problem. Coming up next here on Canteen Carlin, Amber Wilson and Michael Rossine filling in for the guys. Why is Patrick Peterson coming for Kyler Murray? We are going to get into that situation. That's next. This is ESPN Radio.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Former teammates not saying such kind things about Kyler Murray, and he is taking issue with it. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Michael Rothstein filling in for the guys So Patrick Peterson, who used to play with Kyler in Arizona, was on the All Things Covered podcast alongside Bryant McFadden. And he was asked about Kyler Murray. He had this to say.
2: Verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately. But it tells me he doesn't care about his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying. Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. (laughs) That's just a... Matter of fact.
1: It was that comment. That was the voice. That second voice was the voice of Patrick Peterson. Kyler Murray don't care about nobody, but Kyler Murray, that is a fact. Well, Kyler Murray took issue with that, as you can imagine, and he decided to go public with it. A lot of people being critical of Kyler Murray for handling it this way. He tweeted out that uh, this isn't true. You on some weird bleep and then added – Peterson, you got my number. If you really felt like this is as big bro or mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me, so your podcast can grow. A lot of people have been piling on Kyler for that response. And Michael, I think it's interesting because it's easy to pile on Kyler right now, but I'm also not surprised that Kyler had a human reaction to that comment, maybe one that he just shouldn't have had so publicly.
2: See, no, I I actually disagree with that because Patrick Peterson went public. Patrick Peterson started all of this. Now, sure, there's always the the conversation of, oh, well, you know, it's always the second person that gets the most blame. You see it with penalties in the NFL and even in soccer. But, no, Patrick Peterson started this. If Patrick Peterson doesn't go out and, and say Kyler Murray is all about Kyler Murray, well, then Kyler Murray has nothing to respond to. I do not blame Kyler Murray for this. Because Kyler Murray, as you mentioned, Amber has been getting, like, raked, like, all year long, back to the contract that he signed, and they had the clause in there, and they were concerned about Call of Duty. Like, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm absolutely defending myself here, because silence, all silence will do is affirm what Patrick Peterson is saying. Like, if I'm Kyler Murray, this is exactly how I handle it, because it's how Patrick Peterson handled.
1: But see, people are saying, well, he's the quarterback, right? He's supposed to be the leader. And there's already been questions there about Kyler Murray's leadership style and whether he can really be a leader of a team. And so if, a re- if, if the expectation is that leaders rise above, then you shouldn't be essentially stooping down to this level of Patrick Peterson. I understand that philosophy. I actually tend to agree with you, though, because – First of all, I think there has to be an understanding of sort of the way things function in that generation a bit, right? Where, yes... It is kind of Kyler Murray's generation to respond on Twitter, even if you or I wouldn't. Kyler Murray's a lot younger than us, and a lot of that generation takes it to social media, even if maybe it's not the best thing for them to do. But then also, this is somebody that he worked with saying it. It's not just some random troll on Twitter that he's going back at, right? This isn't a Kevin Durant burner account. This is somebody who you played football with, who was in the same locker room as you. Somebody who spent 10 years of his NFL career in Peterson with the Cardinals and then Kyler was drafted in 2019 by them and Peterson ended up departing the franchise in 2020 it's somebody who had a very long career in the place that you play football in so it's somebody who is well respected around there I would imagine all those things hurt a lot more a lot worse right like I've never been in that situation I have never had the former coworker who is well-respected, who I massively respect, saying negative things about me publicly. But I would imagine it's harder to ignore that noise than it would be for me to ignore the noise I am used to, which all of us in this industry get some of it, right? The things that people say, some some strangers on the internet saying unkind things. That's never been hard for me to ignore. But I would imagine it hits different when it's somebody who's well-respected inside that locker room.
2: No, there's no doubt about that, Amber, uh, but this is the other thing. Patrick Peterson, when he was in Arizona, he was one of the biggest leaders in the locker room. It was him and Larry Fitzgerald. like that. That's why this makes even less sense to me, that people are dragging Kyler and saying, well, no, like you should have handled this differently because you're a leader. You're the quarterback. Patrick Peterson, when he was in Arizona, was the second biggest leader on that team. Like that, it just boggles my mind that anyone would criticize Kyler Murray for this. There's no need to criticize Kyler Murray for this because Kyler Murray has to defend himself at some point. And yeah, if that makes Kyler Murray about Kyler Murray, so too bad. Like, too freaking bad. Deal with it public that should not even be bothering with it altogether because Kyler Murray has to defend himself, not only publicly, but also with guys in the locker room because they may know one thing or another. But Kyler Murray, if he sits there silent, well, you think guys in that locker room aren't going to talk? No. Kyler Murray has to do this, Amber. He has to respond like this because it's the human thing to do, and at the end of the day, that's what we all are.
1: Yeah, I think you're just not – if you don't respond to it, you're not drawing the attention to it, right? So I think that would be the advantage there if he just ignored it. Instead, by Kyler responding, frankly, he plays right into the hands of Patrick Peterson because there is probably some truth there to what Kyler said. Like, hey, it's good for the podcast, right? I'm not saying that Peterson's saying anything that he doesn't himself believe, but it is probably good for the podcast numbers for him to have said that on his own podcast. And so then Kyler goes and responds to it, and now the podcast probably gets a lot more ratings – We're playing sound from it here on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance gives you protection on the phone, online, or on the app 24-7. Because things happen 24-7, quote, at Progressive.com.
0: Alcanti and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio.